that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to uh, the first edition of 2021 of the Race Hour uh, podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's myself, Dean Ryan. Everyone is locked down still at home. Uh, The lockdown, if anything, only getting tighter, but we were, um, well, buoyed by some fantastic uh, Christmas racing and we haven't been back since, but it's good to be back. Demo Nolan is here. Hello, Dean. How are you, Demo? Good. Good to have you back on. And uh, Stephen Cass has joined us and, uh, you know, a fleeting uh, member of the, the cast, but always good fun to have you on, Stephen. And we're, we're entering Cheltenham territory soon. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. I think yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's we'll, we'll pretend, we'll act like we are. We'll leave it to Nick Luck to discuss the other stuff, but we'll hope, hope exactly. let's proceed as if we are anyway. We, we proceed as if all systems go, although we know we won't be going. Uh, the racing uh, at the moment all looks like it's on track. Will, so will you get a track. press pass? I no, she can't travel me. probably. No, you wouldn't get there anyway. Geez, I'd yeah, smuggle yeah. myself in if I could find a way though. And um, I don't know, with no ring there and no punters, it would be an eerie experience. But I'd still love it. And um, look, we can't, we don't. Sorry, let me put that another way. We're not going to cover all of the Christmas racing that has gone uh, since we last spoke to you on the Race Hour podcast because uh, you'll have all watched it several times and no doubt listened to several people opine on the ins and outs of it. But if I throw some names out in there into the hat for, for Dermo and uh, and Stephen here, uh, Sharjah, Froden, Aplutash, Aquan Porsois, Nuba Negra, Altior, appreciate it. I might stop there. Uh, give me a highlight. Give me something that stood out over Christmas that you think maybe... Uh, uh, maybe people missed, and if they didn't miss, or whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, Dermo or Stephen, you can you can take it away. Give me something from Christmas. Uh, yeah, Dean, I thought um, I thought the Savills chase at Leperson was an absolute brilliant, brilliant race. Um, yeah, I know we lost Manel Indo and Delta work. Obviously, Manel Indo was particularly sore for me. It kind of summed up my uh, my few days of punting, but I just thought that was a brilliant race. Daryl Keith to win his um, his first Grade One as well. That was a a, a really strong performance and eight foot tired i know we'll go on to this afterwards but he showed he stayed he showed it that he definitely is a a gold cup contender that's a really interesting team because kenboy was um definitely stays we know that that was a real bounce back to form for him so uh that was a serious performance and the other one then as well just kind of at uh who's still decently priced for the out of but i thought farouk the was absolutely superb at limerick a uh, really classy one that affair really nicely and bounce back from what was a poor run last time so i think um those two for me were the real kind of two eye catchers uh the rest of the race the rest of christmas was a bit kind of muddy by the fact that you know gordon elliott's horses didn't seem to to run up to their best overall uh willie just absolutely dominated but it was um it was a great few days of racing but thank god now we can uh we can kick on with the uh Cheltenham festival in our um our island yeah, exactly. That's fair enough. Uh, Stephen? Yeah, I, I'm sure the Brits listening think we're unbelievably parochial over here, but I'll be even more parochial and say Master McShee was my <laughs> highlight. A, a local horse here, trained by Paddy Corkery um, in our yeah. neck of the woods, kind of near Dungarvan in, in County Watford. And just for Ian Power, who's been off the scene a long, long time, and for him to come back and, and ride a winner at Leprestown over Christmas. And Master McShee was picked up for 
I'd say peanuts. I don't know uh, what, but would have been very, very small money. A horse had problems. And for, he was the horse that was second to appreciate it in Cork. And he was the horse that um, any of our regular listeners might remember. I was saying that uh, appreciate it may not be a superstar because there's no way Paddy Cork right. could have a Cheltenham superstar in his in his yard. And here he is going off now for a grade two, a punches down this Sunday coming. So yeah. that was my highlight. Um, yeah, the Lexus was obviously, or sorry, Savills. The Savills chase was obviously Savills, a yeah. fabulous race. And I thought of the English stuff, uh, Silver Streak was just, it's just a great story likeable horse and that was great to see fully deserved wasn't it and and well done to uh to connections of, of that horse uh froden in the in the king george has to get a mention but it just there were so many disappointments in behind and this horse just keeps winning and almost getting credit for being a tough little battler that beats everything that doesn't quite perform behind um you know we, we will come on to uh, the gold cup and and talk about that and and see where Frodo might sit in the picture. But that would be a highlight for many. I think a big popular horse with a popular jockey on board in Bryony. Okay, so on today's podcast, we're going to um, start our Road to Cheltenham um, kind of focus as we as we kick in now to 2021. So each week we will tackle uh, a big race or a division. And starting uh, this week is the Cheltenham Gold Cup, a fascinating picture uh, to try and, and puzzle to try and solve. And so we'll do that. And then after the break and the second half of the podcast, we will take a look at some of the racing uh, coming up at Punchestown and Warwick and Market Raisin this weekend. OK, so lads, um, the Cheltenham Gold Cup this year, we have a horse going for a third win in a row. We have a few new pretenders on the block and um, we have a horse that perhaps leads the English challenge that hasn't seen a fence yet. And when it did see a fence last time, it uh, was scarily dangerous, but still won. An RSA chase, and that's champ. We have Santini, who's been sent round the block by Nicky Henderson to courses that he can't win at, according to the trainer, and it won't suit him. So he's only got one race in mind, potentially, and a whole host of um, various contenders at prices and bigger than kind of top five in the market, 10 to 1 uh, the field after that bar. So that's a fascinating picture for a Gold Cup. Uh, Dermo, you may as well start at the top with uh, a horse in Albin Photo, who we know we're not going to see run again, very likely, although Willie did mute that it's possible. Um, they've gone the tried and trusted route with Albin Photo and it's favourite to win a third Gold Cup. Yeah, and like he probably wasn't as um, as taking maybe as he was the previous two years. He was a bit hard at it and Acapella Bourgeois at, um, at Tremor seemed to kind of stop a small bit, but it was still Albin Photo showing that he's still motoring, he's still absolutely fine. He won a Gold Cup last season despite the fact that the, the pace wouldn't have suited him and it was a brilliant ride from... Uh, Paul Townend. So he's three to one, he's seven to two, best priced around the place. And you can see why. I mean, he's just, he's a cracking horse. It's his Gold Cup at the moment to lose. Like over Christmas, Dean, we kind of had, we were left with more questions and answers about the horses in behind. Like I love Santini. Um, everyone knows that who, who listens to the podcast, but you'd have to have question marks about Santini now. Like, like I'm very scared of the fact that, um, he could be another one of these Nicky Henderson horses that just kind of regresses. I was very, it was very easy to forgive the effort at Aintree because um, I just thought nothing worked out. He's usually poor in his first run of the season as well. And just kind of, he he left a, a bit to be desired, but I was willing to, to forgive it. But he was just terrible in the King George. I know that that race course wouldn't suit him, but you know, it's not that long ago that, that he chased home uh, top of the game and La Bagua. And wasn't all that far behind them in that novice's chase. So I just would have liked to have seen him show a bit more. He, he went out like a light. And um, 
it's just Nicky Henderson's campaigning with him has been very odd. Uh, I couldn't go near him at the moment, especially at nine or ten to one. It just doesn't look a price whatsoever. Um, question mark still over champ. We haven't seen him. Is he okay? What's going on? Uh, going into a gold cup, what's he going to get one run now before a gold cup after a campaign where you cannot say that he looked a pro over fences? Of course, he'll stay all day, but I don't know. You'd have to have your head examined, I think, to be backing him at 12 to 1. Manella Indo is a horse that I've muted all year, was my fancy for the gold cup. I'd have question marks again now after that fall. He has but- to run again. Really, demo because you don't want to go to Cheltenham now off the back of a four D. So they've got to find something else. Uh, Henry Henry yeah. said he's running in the Irish Gold Cup. Makes Irish sense. Gold Cup, yeah. Uh, and yeah. even if that doesn't work out, Stephen, he'd have the likes of the member Don Cossack went for the Kinlock Bray after falling. In yeah, the, no, no, he came out Bray. yesterday. There was a, a news story on it yesterday, and he said um, a Plutar goes straight there, Manly out for the season, Minelindo goes Irish Gold Cup. Brilliant, Makes sense. and like. Like Indo, the reason why I'd be willing to forgive him that is that that was a really uncharacteristic fall by him. He's been very short-footed in all of his chases so far. So the Irish Gold Cup will, will kind of tell us where we are. But at the moment, um, Dean, the the one at the kind of towards the head of the market is a Plotard. I mean, I mean that was a serious performance. Daryl O'Keefe was hanging on to him, and he he came through. He stayed brilliantly. That was a race that that was a proper staying contest. Um all the talk from the jockeys in behind was that it rode like a really true true race altogether. And for, for him to stay on past Kemba at the end, like you could see David Mullins' face after that race, he was shell-shocked that he was beaten. And A. Plotard, uh, and this is a horse who absolutely loves Cheltenham. All of his right-handed form you can dismiss. He's much better going left-handed. He showed this season that maybe two miles. He ran well in that Ryanair last season as well. He was just kind of tap for toe by, by Min. So a 10 to 1 or so at the moment, a Plotard would be my bet. He probably won't be much shorter on the day. So I wouldn't be kind of backing into him. But as we speak at this current moment, if you had to pick one to properly take on Alvin Photo, it is a Plotard for me. Dick. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I can understand that. Yeah, do you know what? The jury for me is out on that Savile's chase. As much as it was a brilliant race to watch, um, the, the, the loss of the two main protagonists early on, it were two of the key ones anyway, in terms of uh, Manila Indo and Delta Work, um, just took some of that staying prowess out of the contest. And I'm not sure what I saw in the finish, apart from being thoroughly entertained. I don't know I don't race. know how you can say that, Dean. Like, I know. Good, good, I know horses, good horses, two and a half mile horses, like Alaho and Fakir Duderis were taken off their feet with the gallop they went. So yeah. it was re- like it was definitely a test of stamina. Definitely, because if it wasn't the, those good horses and the likes of Tornado Flyer would have been there three out and they were nowhere near it. Yeah, so I understand that. The talk... it, has to be said as, it has to be said as well that um, like Kemboy was actually carrying in, it, it was Tony Keenan that said this as well on at the races. When you actually go back and forgive uh, Kemboy last season when kind of nothing went right, Kemboy brought in the smartest staying form, arguably into that contest from when he beat album photo a punch of sound so like we know Kemboy can go a frightening gallop we know that that performance at Aintree that that time when he completely took a whole field off their feet and hammered them and then he went on to punch down afterwards so Kemboy that was for me I'm willing to just say that that was a bounce back to form for Kemboy and him and David Mullins get on like a house on fire as well Mellon has those runs in him where he just um he jumps for fun so I would be definitely on the side uh, with Stephen Castor that that would, 
that's a proper contest. So if that's if that's the basis, and I want to pick Stephen's uh, brain on that race uh, in a second, but if that's the basis, and Mellon can get that close over a proper stay and test, <clears throat> and Aplutard come through and hit the line pretty hard at the finish. To be fair to Aplutard, um, certainly was a, a cracking ride, and also got there um, plenty after the line. I thought so. Aplutard hits the line and goes past Mellon. When Mellon getting a ride that I'm sure Patrick would uh, would be proud of, but also maybe want to have another go in terms of. How he, how he went with an extended lead at a certain point in the race and could have held on a little bit. Jeez, I'm not sure why he, why he should be proud of that ride. Give him up with stones. What I'm saying is... Well, like, you got him jumping, but sure, the horse is no, brilliant no, jumper. I understand. I understand I, where you're coming from. That but was what I'm absolute saying is, stones of a ride by Patrick. I don't think you would have had him in the front three in the race at, 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 on before the race. So you can look at it a couple of different ways. But if if you put Mellon within two lengths of Aplutar, given the ride that he got... Mellon at 33 to 1 or Aplutart 9 to 1. There surely is no question about which one's the value with those if you like the Savills race going into Chunk. I think, though, Dean, with the way that the, the, the race developed, I mean, A. Flatard had, had ground to make up. So for him to win by two lengths is actually like Mellon and Kenboy were in the perfect position. They, they arguably kind of set it up in a way, but they were still the two horses in the vanguard who had the most breath to lose jumping that last fence. They, or sorry, the, the least breath. They were both knackered from the fact that they completely took the field in behind. Daryl Keefe didn't get the praise that he deserved for what was an absolutely brilliant ride. He he kept back the most late on. Um, but I think Mellon, um, for me anyway, the kind of three mile two, I thought he was the one that was really panting at the end. I thought a really aggressive ride for him in a Ryanair, I think he'd be very hard to catch, um, especially now that they've kind of figured out to, to, to ride him like that since the... Um, the, the JLT last season, or sorry, the Marsh Chase last season. Um, but the the front two are the ones that, that I'd be interested in. Kenboy doesn't like Cheltenham, but I just thought that we heard Dean, you know, all the jockeys in behind that they were, that were speaking afterwards and the word that was kind of getting out was the jockeys in behind said they couldn't believe the pace they went and that that, that, that it was the most proper Savile Chase from a pace point of view in a long, long time. So I think Kenboy is interesting for Aintree and punches down afterwards. A Flotard is very interesting for a Gold Cup. He just reminds me of the likes of a Sizing John or any of these that kind of has that pace in his locker, but they've just figured out now that he is a proper stayer. So I think A Flotard is extremely interesting, but I just, I don't understand the logic yet until we see them again of kind of questioning the race because it was there in front of us. We can see how strong they went. We can see the likes of Sam Cron, all the horses that uh, Stephen Cass mentioned as well. They just couldn't go with them. They were, they were left for dead. And for eight foot hard to go in behind him and to pick up off that ferocious gallop shows you that that horse is an absolute stare. Yeah, it seems to be the view and Stephen's uh, made it as well. So I'm going to let Stephen take over at this point. I still have that question mark in my head, although everybody disagrees and uh, the Titans even seem to, uh, to disagree with me. So it probably just means I'm wrong. But I, I will be taking on those horses at anything three mile plus. But uh, I leave it to Stephen Cast to take us through what he thinks about the Gold Cup. I did start the question with Albion Photo, Stephen, but you don't need to start there. Um, I'll go back to Albion Photo. Like while while we're talking about the Savage Chase, yeah. like you can have your question marks about Kenboy. Obviously, like I, I will put a line through Kenboy just because of the way he carries his head. He won't get an easy time in front of Cheltenham. Santini has to be up in the van pushing him. That's what they tried to do last year in the Gold Cup with him. And Kenboy ran okay, but it just it just yeah. doesn't suit him. The test doesn't suit him. Um, Mellon, like, they went a million. The, the, the likes of Sam Crow, Alaho, um, Tornado Flyer, good good 160 horses, couldn't travel 
Fakir Duderi's like Fakir Duderi's is going really well up to a mile from home and he just couldn't travel with them and what what Patrick did then was he was upsides he was just just in behind Ken by jumping them then they jumped the one before they came into the straight and he kicked on which he should have headlong to Mellon as long as he possibly could like there was doubts about this horse's stamina after the back of the last then Mellon actually came back at Kenboy and was really staying on well so I think with a with a, a more energy efficient ride Mellon would have no problem staying three miles therefore there must be a chance he'll stay three two all you have to do is hold on to him and produce him at the back of the last because he's such a good jumper and he's not keen he'll just travel yeah. away into a gold cup the way that album photo does he's actually a much better jumper than album photo so i think if patrick had it back it would be a totally different ride uh maybe keep patrick the ride because he, he was jumping so well for him but just hold well on to him. The back of the last in the World Cup. Mellon is 50 to 1 in Betfair. Everyone is presuming that Mellon's going to go for the Ryanair, right? I'm going to read mm-hmm. out a quote. Uh, Fran Berry did a stable tour with Willie at the start of the season. Um, I'm going to read. This is what Willie said about Mellon. He said he has a good record at Cheltenham, four second places. It'd be great to convert him into a winner there this time. Blah, blah, blah. Over fences, he could go up and trip. He could be a Gold Cup arse. He jumps and gallops and stays well. Maybe the Gold Cup trip might suit him. Hopefully he'll get his head in front. Blah, blah, blah. So at the start of the season, Willie was thinking Gold Cup with this fella. I don't know why we're all thinking Ryanair when he should have won a Savills. So yeah. if you're getting 50 to 1 on him, which is there right, there right now, 70 to lay on Betfair and speaking to a little mole in the camp, I think the plan is the Irish Gold Cup. I don't know what that's going to achieve because Mellon normally goes to that, runs poorly, bounces back at Cheltenham. So if he runs poorly, it's not going to prove anything whether he's a Gold Cup or horse or not yeah. if he goes and wins. But the big question mark is, does Joe Donnelly want two bullets at the Gold Cup or does, you know, does he want one in the Ryanair? Uh, what's looking like a quite a strong Ryanair or two in the Gold Cup? I per- personally would prefer the Gold Cup. But Definitely. I, I, and Stephen as well, he did put, uh, just to back you up on that, he did put a steering falange in against Shishkin last year as well. So it's not like he doesn't have form to put them against each other either. Yes, yes. Now, different trainers would both, both have wanted to go for that race, I suppose. But look, it's just... You know, it's not, it's at 50 on Betfair, it's not expensive to find out. And I really think Mellon um, could, he could be good enough to win a Gold Cup. There's a lot of them there in the market, you know, the likes of presenting Percy and maybe Santini is good enough to win a Gold Cup. Champ, big question marks. Frodon isn't good enough. There's a lot of them you can put a line through, like Frodon, Kemboy, um, Native River, St. Calvados. Well, St. Calvados, he won't stay, but he, he, you know, I just, Mellon, the upside, his ceiling over 3-2 with a different ride could be 173, 174, which could be good enough to win the Gold Cup. So, yeah. if you know, it's not, it's not you can have 20 euro to win 1,000 euro, you can have 2 euro to win 100, which is, you know, whatever is a, is a, is a nice uh, payout for you. I think Mellon um, definitely, definitely has to be backed. That's, that's my view on the Savills. In terms of album photo, I thought, on visuals, it was perfectly satisfactory. I thought on form, it was perfectly satisfactory. I think the time is okay. But the vibes are that... And you could tell from Willie afterwards, he wasn't too happy with them. Uh, he thought he took a blow, and they really were surprised with how hard... A, not a hard race he had in terms of what it took out of him, but how hard he found it during the race, and the blow he took during the race, and they are going to put a load of work into him. So they definitely weren't as happy as they were last season. Now, the thing with Album Photo is they stumbled across this um, Tremor slash Leopardstown, or sorry, Tremor slash Gold Cup path. 
because he was going to run in the Irish Gold Cup and then didn't the year he won the Gold Cup uh, the first time. The thing, the thing with Albert Foden is he's not a good jumper. If you watch last year's Gold Cup, he made mistakes early in the race. Like he, the two years ago, the same thing. He was diving at a few. He 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 balloons a few, and then when it gets down to the hot part of the race, he's a very quick jumper and he makes up ground, and that's what wins him his Gold Cups. But there could be a mistake in him, you know. And I'd be. He's a brilliant horse, a really proper late 170s horse. If he wins three Gold Cups, I'll be delighted to see him do it because I love him. Uh, I backed him the first year. I didn't back him last year. I won't be backing him this year. But, you know, I think people need to be cognizant of the fact there's a lot of mistakes in him. And that's another thing to consider when thinking about him. The fact his prep hasn't gone as well. I'm sure we'll have him straight. But I'd be looking to take him on. Um, So that's that's album photo. Uh. Beyond that, then, Santini jumped so poorly at Kempton, no matter what the track was. He was very bad at the sixth last, the fourth last. He ballooned the third last. Don't like him. I've never liked him, but, you know, you can still, if he was if he was 30, 30 to 1 or 20 to 1 on Betfair, you might back him, but he's he's short enough. Champ you can't have, as, as Dermo said. Um, yeah. So that would be kind of the view at the top of the market. There's another two I would like to consider, but I keep going. I'm kind of ranting here. You can keep going because I think I think you covered the top half. Yeah, um, yeah, and then the other one I think right, I have mentioned away. The, the two, so I'm back in Mellon, but my main bet uh, would be Deltwork, who's who's a crazy price. Um, Down Royal, he's always very stuffy in his first start. He's a horse that improves at racing. He was jumping fine at Leopardstown, and then he kind of just hit into the bottom one. It wasn't a bad fall so he will run in the irish gold cup as well i'd expect him to go very close in that he'll have jack kennedy back on board we heard last season how important it is for him to have jack kennedy i think it's obviously be... that horse Pardon? the way he's the way he's gone for other jockeys and all right sean flanagan didn't get much of a chance on him at leopardstown but the way he's gone for other jockeys jack kennedy is so key yeah yeah he seems to be he seems to be it doesn't look like he's a complicated horse but jack just seems to knock a tune out of him like as a novice he was beaten at plutard over three miles by 14 lengths of punchestown you know and he won an irish gold cup now i think last season they say this horse thrives in racing but i think he trained off for the gold cup a bit you know he ran seven or eight pounds below what he could you know he was there jumping the last he finished close up fifth you know wasn't he wasn't beaten far in the gold cup What's he got to make up, Stephen? Six lengths, and he's a, he's an eight year old now, as opposed to he, a, he's a an eight year old. Yes, and he it doesn't make a difference. He doesn't have six lengths to make up on his best form. You know, his best right. form of winning Irish Gold Cups. If he improves a little bit on that, he'll be there. You know, he's still only eight, and I would imagine this year, in the stable towards the start of the year, Gordon said he still thinks this is a Gold Cup horse. They probably are training him slightly different in the sense that last year he was drilled for Christmas, drilled, and Gordons were flying at Christmas. He was drilled for the Irish Gold Cup. It's hard to win. No horse has ever, ever won at Christmas Irish Gold Cup than the Gold Cup, ever. And all the good horses that would have been would going around at that, you know, in the 90s, mm-hmm. especially the Irish horses. So it was a big ask. It's there for him this year to go and run a good race in the Irish Gold Cup and have a crack. And I think his ceiling is definitely uh, low to mid-170s, which is good enough to win in a Gold Cup. And 33-1 to 1 about him is a crazy crazy price you know so i'd be yeah. backing him and then another wild wild one uh castlebone west he was going to be fourth in the rsa last year when he fell two out um he was he was on his only then try at three miles was when he bolted up off top weight in a paddy power annabelle fly did that and placed in the gold cup i don't know what price castlebone west is in the books he might be 100 to one so you get back in each way if you want but i don't think that's the way to do it he's he's, he's about 500 uh on betfair for a win bet 
Now, if he ran in an Irish Gold Cup, off he's now rated one sixty. He doesn't have yeah. he doesn't have any improvement to do to be competing in that. So Castlebone West, I'd I'd have a nibble at him at the the Grand National because it could be his target. He's eighty for that on Betfair, and mm-hmm. he's four hundred and eighty there on Betfair now to back for the Gold Cup. Um, I've had a few shekels on. Look, his jumping was just so impressive uh, in the Paddy Power. And he actually doesn't have tons to improve. And he's only an eight-year-old. So he's one to have a nibble at. Yeah, he's a flyer. A huge prices. You quoted a few exchange prices there, likes of uh, Mellon at very big odds and Delta Work at, at you know, bigger odds than a very well, big Delta Work is that with the books. 33s with the books. Okay. Okay, 33s with the books. It does seem big. And I have to agree with the Delta Work um, scenario. I think there's an overreaction to the, the fall at Leopardstown, the race where... You know, he'd obviously won it the year before and would have gone, uh, you'd imagine, has gone well. It'd be nothing like that price if that had taken place. Now, he'll need another run. Um, I have to echo the Melon thing, as I, as I said at the start. If you like the Savills, then the Melon uh, the melon form with Aplutar, doesn't, the price differential just doesn't equate for me. So I think you have to get involved in that. There was a horse I wanted to throw at both of you because, you know, Cheltenham records are important. And um, the, the form with Melon last year, from that JLT is is Sam Crow. I know we didn't get a run out of him really. Um, this time around, of course, he, he pulled up in the Aflutar race in the Savage Chase. But I mean, Gordon's going to get him right. He's nine years old now. Uh, this is the year if he's going to go for a Gold Cup. I mean, the price is kind of insulting if Sam Crow of any Cheltenham wage run before turns up, isn't it? I don't think Sam Crow will stay three two. No. Okay. No, same as that. I think he'd, no. he'd get three miles, maybe at Aintree, maybe Punchestown. I'm not sure he'd even get three miles at Leopardstown, you know, at a, at, a, at a stiff finish. I find it strange that he ran at all. Um, we, we we spoke, all we heard last year was that Limerick nearly killed him because he, it was the ground was too heavy and then he ran over three miles in bottomless ground at uh, at Leopardstown. I just found that kind of odd. But look, they'll I think they'll they'll just try and get him right like they did last year and he'll go for the uh, for the Ryanair, I think, anyway. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, I'd be tempted to have a few quid at a ridiculous price. I'm sure it's available somewhere. I haven't looked, but just to cover the base. But I did the same thing last year with him in the RSA, and, of course, they went for the shorter trip. So I'll probably just get that. He was very well. weak in the betting for the Savills. Right. Do you know, I think I, I, I drew he a tenor. He recent engagement as well, hadn't he? Um, at late, you know, late notice on the morning of a race, I think a couple of weeks before. So, mm. yeah. The, yeah. Um, He's the... hard to, he is hard to have right. The, the two other ones being a kind of big enough mm. prices that um, I wouldn't be putting anyone off. I mean, Lost in Translation, he, he's been poor, this, really poor this season, but like yes. his best runs are always at Cheltenham. I mean, last season he was the no-show in the King George and he bounced back to finish third in that Gold Cup and that gets overlooked sometimes that, you know, he was bang there jumping the last and he was he was very little behind Alvin Foto and, and Santini. Yeah, in the end, like you'd need a bit of faith in him, but he's twenty-five to one. Um, so you know, for he's thirty-three to one best price. Sorry. So you know, as as far as if you're anyway forgiving, like the best horses to back at big prices, obviously, are the ones that could potentially win a race like this. And Lost in Translation has already shown that that he stays over three miles too. He is good enough to win this. Colin Tizek's yeah. form all season as well is it, is questionable, really. And um, he just hasn't turned up twice this season. But if he gets freshened up again and goes to Cheltenham, a 33 to 1 or so, loss of translation is absolutely no forlorn hope. And one, Dean, like a horse that nobody will be surprised to hear me mention, but he's 75 there on, um, on Betfair. I thought waiting patiently didn't get the kind of mention that he deserved 
in that King George. I mean, Brian Hughes had him, he was held up dramatically. I thought Brian Hughes, if he could do it again, he wouldn't be as far back as he was. I, I think they were kind of holding on to it. That was his first run for a long, long time. And he was he was chasing down Frodon. Had he been any way closer to jump at the last, he could have won that race. The fact that this horse is so good at going to sleep and traveling off a pace like he showed in that King George, um, there it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Ruth Jefferson finally decided that, you know what, we're just going to go for it with him. Um, they may as well go for this, as with a Ryanair. And he's always coming late. He's been a bit, he nearly won a Tingle Creek against on so when he came from miles off the pace. Um, and I do think that this horse will stay. I think he showed that at Kempton to a certain degree. Now, obviously, Kempton and Cheltenham are absolutely miles apart. But just at 75s, uh, waiting patiently, he's the only one that I have had a bet for this race. He could easily turn up in the Ryanair. But this is a really high-class horse, uh, like really high ability altogether. And um, he's he's 40 to 1 with the books. He's uh, 75 for a win on Betfair. And just he has the potential that he could win this. But at the moment, April Tard for me, is the most likely one to take on Alvin Foda. But if there was a flyer, which we've been discussing, the kind of bigger prices, I think waiting patiently could be that big. Okay. Fascinating stuff, chaps. Um, Aplutard and, and waiting patiently uh, could be a, a fly in the in the eventual final field for, for Damo. And uh, Stephen Cass likes the, the idea of backing now Mellon, uh, Delta Work and uh, Castleborn West at a crazy prices but i think we'd all celebrate an album photo uh three pete wouldn't we the other one like you know there'll be people shouting at their um headphones is, is you know frodon what about frodon but i, I don't think frodon? i don't think frodon's capable of staying over three two force the pace and i just think the race isn't going to suit him at all so that's why i'm putting a line through him yeah frodon just won't be allowed to be frodon in a gold cup yeah, I'd agree with that. that. Even, then, even if he was, I'm not. I think he might swim over the extra two and a half furlings of a gold cup compared to say the day yeah. he beat Elegant Escape when Elegant Escape flew back at him. He's not capable of running to low one seventies over three yeah. two at Cheltenham. I think. If if Froden was your horse, Stephen, you'd have to roll the dice, though, wouldn't you? Now after winning the King George and it's nine years old this time, there isn't much left for Froden to do. Apart yeah. from go for this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have no interest in winning a Ryanair, but you know, he'd really no, I don't think even, yeah, he would be very competitive in the Ryanair, but yeah, you know, the Ryanair looks as strong, so you might as well go for the Gold Cup, but I don't think he'd be winning. One more question for you, Stephen, before we sign off on this Gold Cup. If there was to be an English winner of it, because you know, you're obviously strong across the Irish contingent, uh, which one would it be if you could only back an English horse? Um. I'd, I'd love to see them have gone up and trip with Imperial Aura. The 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 mistake the last day. Go at it as a novice. Why not? Is is a worry? You know, it was a stupid thing he did. He kind of just jumped into the the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he would have no problem staying. I think he's classy enough. I think his ceiling is very high. Um, I but look, he's not going to go for it. So of the English ones that are going to run, Santini is the one that will probably finish the highest up of them but uh, I, I like I think an Irish horse will win the Gold Cup yeah I'm, I'm still fascinated to see Champ and I'm wondering what Nicky Henderson will do to get enough I don't know if he needs necessarily well def- actually I do think he needs a bit more experience jumping fences and ideally at Cheltenham uh, that will help so maybe they'll find a race and I think that one 
could lead home uh, the English camp. But I mean, at the minute, you couldn't get involved. We just haven't seen champ as much as is exciting uh, for, for this race eventually. Fingers crossed. All right, chaps. Well, thank you very much. That was a, a spin through the, the Cheltenham Gold Cup as it stands right now uh, at the beginning of January. And uh, we'll, we'll no doubt talk about it again. We're going to take a break here. And when we do come back, we will be taking a look at the weekend racing coming up um, on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Warwick, a bit of market raising and uh, Punchestown. So we'll take a break here. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. And welcome back to the second half of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, it's myself, Dean Ryan. We've got Stephen Cass and Dermot Nolan, and we're going to take a look at the weekend racing. Uh, a bit of action from Warwick is where we'll kick off, and we might throw in some market racing, and there's a cracking uh, few horses out and about Punchestown over the weekend. Dermo, I'm going to go to you first with the uh, the Warwick action. The 150 is the three-mile um, Hampton Novices Chaser Grade 2, and it looks mighty hot. Now, the Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden team in super, super form in recent weeks, uh, and uh, they bring next destination to this seven to four favorite. Um, but we've got some good horses in here. Happy go lucky, Dicky Diver, Fiddler on the Roof, If the Cat Fits, and more. Uh, you want to take on Nichols? Um, I want to take on next destination. I mean, taking on Nichols probably isn't the best, uh, the best modus operandi at the moment, but uh, sure. next destination, he's he's nine years old, and you, you just have to have a small few question marks over him. That was a good performance last time, but. One for the team there was fairly stuffed afterwards by uh, by Sham Blue. So mm. a small few kind of question marks over him. He's seven to four. I'm very happy to uh, take him on. And nobody else in the field really grabs my attention rather than Dickie Diver. And listeners will remember that uh, Derek O'Connor came over here to Warwick a few years ago to ride OK Corral for Nicky Henderson and JP McManus. And that horse went on to be a short price in the four-miler afterwards. So Dickie Diver, to me, looks like he's absolutely built for that four-miler. He's had a difficult time of things, obviously, with injuries, but he's a very, very smart horse. He bounced back excellently after more than a year off last time to be second at Newbury. He should come on an awful lot for that in December. And then, I, I mean, this is a, a horse who was a novice hurdler, was a fourth in an Albert Bartlett, won at Chepstow, on the second behind the uh, Stairs hurdle winner, Lisnigar Oscar. So, Dickie Diver at 5-1, to one, if he does turn up, uh, which I... I think he will um, at five to one or so is um, a cracking betty. Okay, Dickie Diver for Dermo. Before I go to Stephen, um, I'll kind of throw this into the mix. Like Fiddler on the Roof has bumped into Caribbean Boy and Allard the last twice um, at trips that are probably not optimum. I was going to say I wouldn't back Fiddler on the Roof again this season until um, until given a proper test of stamina. Has it here? Uh, it's not favourite. I think it's a decent bet around five to one, Stephen. Uh, yeah, fiddler on the roof. I'm, I'm just, I'm getting rid of him as a horse in my head. I just think he throws his yeah, head up in the air. He's yeah. got it. He carries his tail funny as well. Just don't like his attitude. I let him go and prove me wrong. But at the moment, he is aligned through him. This is a good little race. Next destination. Um, the form, like Dermo alluded to, is very suspect. And the fact he had the long break and this is his third run and fairly quick succession, I'd be looking to take him on. Now, happy go lucky. Like his form is savage. If you like Dicky Diver. Happy Go Lucky beat Paint the Dream, who beat Dicky Diver easy, and Happy Go Lucky beat him easy. So collateral wise, 
happy-go-lucky would be the one to go for. But the problem with him is get away Trump beat him at fake and him and fake and him is very like um very like Warwick. So I just think a tight turny track. Happy go lucky is going to be a, you know a real stay in three mile open company chaser, but this track won't suit him. So the one I'm interested in is 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 Fado de Bras. Like he won a point to point. Uh, he won on heavy on one of his three hurdle starts. Uh, his chase debut he clattered one and that kind of stopped him. But then he went to be to be fair. He was a one forty horse six lengths at Hereford. So the form is really good. He's unexposed. Evan Williams, Adam Wedge are flying. Uh, I think this race is going to cut up if the cap fits won't run. I think Fiddler on the Roof might run. You might have four or five runners and 14 to 1 with three places. Fado de Brass looks good enough to me. I'll chance him. Okay. The connections, of course, of the uh, the Welsh National win a secret reprieve and in good nick are Evan Williams, uh, Adam Wedge, Fado de Brosse. Uh, Bross? Fado de Brosse? Yeah, 12 to 1, big price. I looked, the they, they, they said Bross in the commentary Bro. the last day. Like the 80s band. That'll do. Um, yeah. take that one yeah um, I'm going to stick with Fiddler on the Roof and uh, it goes against all my um, all my actually no it's actually is perfectly on my modus operandi it's to stick with a horse until it wins so I can say I was right so Fiddler on the Roof gets another nod uh, from me and Dickie Diver for a demo uh, well Stephen why don't I come to you next on the um, the Leamington Novices Hurdle another grade 2 on the Warwick card that's at 2.25 uh, 2 mile 5 furlongs in front of them for this Ballymore contest and you've got Admiral who's um He's been pretty smart for, for Tom Lacey. Now, we haven't seen him for almost a couple of months, month and a half or so. And uh, Dickie Johnson already booked up, uh, rightly probably at the top of this market, I'd suggest. No, I don't know about that. Like, he's only rated 132, this fella. And he's given weight yeah. away here. So how, you know, he's given three pounds to them. So all you have to be in effect on the figures is a 129 horse to be contending with him. Um, his form is working out okay. The form of his earlier runs working out a bit better. But like the horse that he beat the last day was beaten out of sight the next day. And I, I yeah, I think Adramel, Frank Hickey put him up as a big tip and there was a bit of money for him for the toll work, which he didn't run in. And mm-hmm. that's why he's on people's radars. But I'd be really looking to take him on. Captain Morg's the second favorite. He's a yoke. Make me a believer. He looks okay, but very workmanlike. Like Oscar Elite is, he's rated 140 already. And he looks very good. I don't know how he's not favoured. He's not jocked up. Maybe he's not going to run. But if he was running, and you're getting five to one about Oscar Elite, he jumps brilliantly. He'd be absolutely fine on heavy. He beat Springfield Fox the last day, giving him weight. Like Springfield Fox, you know, it was a prep for the Welsh National, but he absolutely kicked him out of the way. Um, yeah. So I think he should be favoured. Uh, he's rated the best of these. And he'd be getting three pounds, rated eight pounds better than Adramel. So if the declarations come in and Oscar Lee has run and five to one about him is very big. The other one is Lorda Karak, who was fierce, impressive and looks a machine and would love heavy ground. But I don't know will he run. Ollie Murphy's very slow to run his good horses in good races. He takes them along slowly, slowly, catchy monkey. So yeah. I, I'd be, you know, I'd keep an eye on him. But definitely five to one Oscar Lee. He's the best horse in the race. That'd be a massive price if he was declared. Okay, keen on uh, Tizard's Oscar Lee at the moment, not dropped up as uh, Stephen alluded to there. Dermo, I'll let you go uh, run loose on this uh, Ballymore Grade 2. Yeah, I'm not keen on the front of the market uh, whatsoever as well. Um, can see the point with Oscar Elite. I thought he was um, absolutely excellent last time. Um, Tizard's horses maybe aren't the absolute uh, the pinnacle of their form at the moment, but this horse has only been impressive twice now at Chepstow and was absolutely brilliant last time beating Springfield Fox. Um, but the kind of strength of the races that he has been winning. I'm just not sure about the, the one that I like here, Dean is uh, the 12 to one shot. Pat's fancy. 
uh, for Rebecca Curtis and um, Adam Wedge, who's obviously in flying form. But I thought this horse ran an absolutely massive race at Cheltenham last time. Um, he travelled brilliantly. He was at, um, I'd, I'd actually put him up that day, but he ended up drifting out to about 33 to 1. And um, kind of, it didn't seem to be fancy, but he just travelled so well. Um, really good headway. Came up to the last uh, to travel. Now, the last on that occasion was the two out because the last hurdle was taken out because of the low sun. And he was just beaten in the end by Make Good of uh, John McConnell's, who just kind of beat him for a flat speed, which makes sense because that horse was a flat horse. So Pat's fancy for me emerged from that with massive credit. He'd be one that I'd I'd have a small bit on at massive odds if he turns up in the Albert Bartlett. Um, and he mightn't be kind of massive odds after this, but he still won't be that short. And like Ashdown Lad was a six to four favourite. He was back in fifth. And Ask a, Ask a Honey be another horse that Fergal uh, O'Brien likes a lot. Uh, Pat's Fancy was was clear of him as well. That was that was a huge run. And before that, he'd, uh, he'd torn apart the field at, um, at Foes Last as well. He won very easily. So Pat's fancy, he's 12 to 1. I think he's far too big a price on what he's done so far. That was a really hot Albert Bartlett trial last time. This race will be soft. It'll probably go off on heavy ground. And he absolutely loves those conditions. So Pat's fancy there at 12 to 1, I thought. He, he will have learned an awful lot last time. He was at a as as, as busy a grade as this and, and as hot a race as this last time. And for me, I thought he emerged as maybe the best horse in that race. So I thought Pat's fancy there at 12 to 1, Dean, was a, a good bet. Okay, Pat's fancy then for Dermo. And, and neither of you keen on Abdramel, who, you know, did kind of kick Lord of Caraca out of the way in the main hurdle in November. And then, as you say, Stephen, the four maybe doesn't look as uh, as hot as the price suggested is uh, beating Grumpy Charlie at Haydock. But I think there's plenty more to come from that. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Abdramel go ahead and, and, and take this on. Now, we don't know the final field. So Oscar Elite, obviously, Comes out better on ratings. Also, Paul Nichols has got one in there, sending love one three five. Who will also uh, potentially line up. Harry Cobden is booked up there, so you'd imagine that uh, Paul Nichols will go. So it'd be interesting what that final shape of that field uh, looks like. It's a classic chase day, of course, at Warwick on uh, Saturday, and um, a race that you know, likes of uh, Kerry Lee's done well in before, and she's got storm control uh, potentially at the top of the market here. Captain Chaos, who has just hasn't had anything go right for the Skeletons. Uh, so far, the 10-year-old, but that one's quite prominent in the market. But Alan King and Tom Cannon, um, Tom Cannon already dropped up for not a chance, currently head in the market, I can see here. But lots of um, cracking contenders. And the one that stood out to me that I thought I'd give another chance to would be uh, Danny Wizbang, who nothing's gone right. Of course, ran behind Cloth Cap in the in the lab at the old Hennessy. And prior to that was well fancy for the bad rails, but didn't uh, quite get his jumping together. But I think as an eight-year-old of 142, I think there's a bit more to come from Danny Wizbang. And that's where... I'd be going at around the 10 at 12 to 1 marker. But Dermo, I'll let you go on the classic chase. Uh, what do you fancy? Uh, yeah, Dean, the, the horse that I would have really liked here is um, is Lebroy. He was a horse that I actually quite fancied for this, but he's running in um, a Catrick, which uh, Stephen Cass, thank God, reminded me of before I started a big rant about him. And uh, But the one I quite like here is Captain Chaos, Dean. He's been a, a while out of form but he's a smart horse on his day and he was um he was second here in this race last year behind Kimberlite Candy who um was a big Grand National fancy and kind of didn't end up running but Kimberlite Candy is a really proper horse and on his day Captain Chaos is is extremely smart he's only two pounds higher this year um he is 10 but he hasn't raced 
all that much for a horse his age. And this season, he's at three runs. It just hasn't come together for him at all. But we know that he loves Warwick. And if he can manage to kind of put that all together, six to one or so, considering how well that he ran in a better race last season, I think that um, he could take a bit of stopping here, Dave. Okay, so Captain Cass, the 10-year-old uh, for the Skeletons would be Dermo's pick in this. Um, Stephen, you know, take us away. Is it as chaotic with Captain Chaos? Uh, Captain Chaos, like, he was 16s earlier in the week and they spotted them with the, with the headgear going to be back on this weekend. Grand, but he's yeah. ran so bad this season. Fair enough, no headgear, but I just don't like that. You know, I, I think I've missed the price and it's kind of a wise guy's selection. You know, you're taking on trust skeletons doing target trainer. It's it's just not my kind of thing. The one thing we haven't touched on talking about Warwick is the um the weather. Like you know now, I love talking about the weather, but like it's it's soft already. It's raining all day. It's given about fifteen mils tomorrow. Warwick will be. It's given five mils Saturday morning. Warwick will be heavy, heavy, heavy. So you want something that really, really stays that loves heavy ground. Even last year's form, you know, wouldn't necessarily be the same as that. Like this is going to be an absolute slog. So mm. the ones, and it kind of comes down to what's going to run in two senses, because if Ballyoptic, who's rated 160 stays in, he takes a lot of them out of the handicap. Um, the likes of Western Climate, who's very interesting. Uh, he's a course and distance winner uh, and loves heavy ground. Now, if he gets in, if Ballyoptic doesn't run, he'd have a chance. He's a 12-year-old. He'll be overlooked. He could be any price you like on Betfair because he won a, a veteran's chase. He beat Abu San um, a few weeks ago. But he loves the track, loves heavy going. I think he'd have a chance because Henry Oliver has turned him inside out since he moved to him. Um, the other one I like is Ballyoptic himself. Ballyoptic, his record, if you take him out of greater company, he's had three chase starts and he's won them all. So if he's in a handicap outside the greater company, he's, his record is 1-1-1. Yep. One, one, one. Um, he ran bad in the Hennessy, but Twist and Davis horses were all running bad then. So I think there's a real class angle with Ballyoptic here. Uh, he likes heavy ground. He likes marathon trips. Um, he'd have no problem staying four miles on, on heavy ground if he needed to. So I think um, uh, Ballyoptic is interesting. It, like I say, it comes down to the, the declarations. And the other one who I think is very interesting is uh, Django Django. Now, he beat Not A Chance, who's who's close on favourite here, uh, on soft at Newbury last January. And his run the last day, he was 10th at Newbury, turning in with four to jump. And he ran on really well, finished fifth. Django has said he's a real stayer. Uh, all he'll do is stay. And so I, I just think there's a good... Any of his wins as well have kind of come out of nowhere on the back of bad runs. So he's one you could take a chance on at around 20 to 1. So I definitely would be back in Django Django and I'm interested in Ballyoptic and Western Climate. Sorry I'm not being more dogmatic with a view, but I'd be watching the market and backing any of those at big prices. You know, I think their Western Climate is one that if Ballyoptic didn't run, he'll be any price you like on Betfair. Ballyoptic would be overlooked because he's pushing on, because he's top weight. He could be 30 on Betfair on the morning of the race. I'd be backing him as well. And Django Django is the other one that interests me. Yeah, both of them like to appreciate pretty um, desperate ground. If that's what it does end up at, at Warwick. And we do know uh, that, you know, you like to keep an eye on those weather forecasts. And it's crucial when you're trying to pick It's guaranteed heavy ground this Saturday. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I don't think that'll suit the horse that I like in the race, Danny Wisbang, necessarily. But we haven't seen um, enough of him on anything like that to know. I mean, he's, he's travelled and, and gone okay on soft ground whilst not getting a victory on it behind the likes of Copperhead and Slate House. And, of course, beat Reserve Tank on 
Well, I'd say easy going, certainly nowhere near soft or heavy ground um, at Newbury. So I do think they'll they'll take advantage of a marker around 142, which is as on now uh, sooner or later. So interesting that they might go there. We'll see if it gets dropped up for Paul Nichols. Um, uh, Captain Chaos for Demo and a couple of big price shots for Stephen Cass in the race with an eye on the weather. Uh, talk to me, Stephen, about the Potemps. Uh, always fascinating whether you get involved in these races or not because there's qualifying to be done. Um, but there is always a winner of all these qualifiers and sometimes, you know, there's a bit of value to be found. So the 335 at Warwick is a three mile one Potemps qualifier. Uh, come on, Teddy. Uh, Champagne Platinum, Imperial Alcazar. Um, talk to me about this one, Stephen. Yeah, not you know, it's not never a per temps qualifier, you never want to go too crazy on it. But the two I like yeah, yeah. are IK Brunel. His record on soft is one one eight, four one two. Uh he absolutely loves, loves soft ground and he will stay. Like he ran respectably at Newbury back over hurdles uh on his last start. He travelled well, he was beaten seventeen lengths by Hill sixteen. Um, but you know, will he run? Because Ollie Murphy horses again, you, you don't know will he yeah. run, but if he runs, I'd be very interested in him. And the other one who I loved was uh, Mr. Harp. So he did first go on a handicap at Utoxeter and he absolutely bolted up. That was only a six start. This is it's a very hard race and only a seven start, but he's so professional and he could be yeah. way ahead of his mark. Like he's running off a mark in the low 120s and he kind of could be anything. So I would definitely back Mr. Harp at 14 to 1. Um, if he runs, because I, I I just think he's loads of potential, very professional, and and he'll see out his race well, so he'd be the one I'd be going for. And a heavy ground winner uh, last time on a track that's likely to run pretty soft. Demo over to you. Uh, yeah, Dean, the exact same. This this really isn't a race that I get too heavily involved in. I'd be very interested if um <clears throat> if Espian showed up because he's already actually qualified. Um, he's already qualified for the the pretemps. Uh, but he needs to knock up a win now to have any hope of kind of getting into the actual race at Cheltenham mm-hmm. if they do want to go along that, that way. And this horse is uh, obviously uh, Hobbs's horse is in much better form now. And he was only seven lengths behind Port Rush Ted last time. He w- He's a heavy ground winner before. All of his best forms actually on heavy. He was only nine and a half lengths behind Fiddler on the Roof uh, for as well on heavy ground at Sandown. Mm-hmm the novice hurdle i think there's an awful lot more to come from espion i think though that they just need to to get him motoring now because he will definitely need to win and probably win well really to to have any hope of getting into a pretense so i thought just from the point of view that you're looking for a winner of this race the likes of an espion actually needs to win it so i thought he was the um the angle here to actually find the winner there. yeah makes sense always the angle to uh to take on because you know sometimes finishing fourth here is a win for many of these connections that's exactly what they'll be after so uh, you're right way to look at it that's that potential qualifier at Warwick um, Demo why don't you come on to me about Sunday because we could have some some superstars out on show at um, Punchestown yeah serious serious days racing day and the um, the Kalini novices uh, chase it looks like Envy Allen um, a serious Falange apparently um is meant to be running. He's all entered up, but again, we won't know until declarations. Maybe somebody else might know more than I do on that. Um, but this looks a serious race. And by Allen against a steering Falange against Andy Dufresne and uh, and Chatham Street Lad, who was obviously a brilliant winner over Remarkably, Chatham. Remarkably, demo. It's only a Grade Three. That's it. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> uh, Chatham Street Lad obviously has loads of entries though, so he he could be running at um at Fairy yeah. House on Saturday as well. So uh, we aren't sure about him but even when you kind of go down it com- conflate has been good in the past phil do the re one last time so this is a really good race 
Um, and by Allen will have to give weight all around here. Um, and especially if Asterio Falange does run, you're talking about what's that nine or ten pounds nearly he has to give him there. So like they, they, it's an awful lot to do there for him or nine pounds, sorry. So it's an absolutely serious race. It'll be great to see N by Allen again and just let him cement the fact that he's one of the the uh, best horses in training. And then we have obviously at um at 250 we have the the Moscow Flyer novices hurdle master McShee as um Stephen has mentioned is running there but I'll let him uh, wax lyrical about that horse this this race there there has been better Moscow Flyer hurdles I think in the past but obviously somebody has to go on and win it uh, mm. Willie Mullins has a few entries and Gordon Elliott has um has magic tricks there's a horse that I didn't have on my radar really for any sorts of big races albeit he was very good at Navin but yeah it's a serious weekend's racing Dean and just um just while we're on it on Saturday at um at Fairy House um mm-hmm. on the 215 which is the big handicap chase Stratham Street Lad is a uh, four to one he's taking a lot out of the market he's rated 151 I'm not 100% sure that he'll actually run here they they may as well go for that Kalini chase and see see where they are um so McWinters has him in there but the uh the shunter will be very interesting here uh, that's the horse, obviously, that won the uh, Greywood Hurdle, Dean, off uh, just course, four pounds yeah. lower than this. And yes. he potentially runs here. He, that that fourth behind home by the Lee in that uh, chase last time, he's only 12 lengths behind. That's actually strong form. And he gets in here to a handicap off a mark of a hundred and um, off a mark of 132. And I think that's potentially lenient for this horse. So an Emmett Mullins gamble, that's something we are getting used to. But I think the uh, the shunter there, he's 7-1 to one for the 2.15 at Ferry House on Saturday. I think uh, he could be a cracking bet. But yeah, Dean, over over this side of the um, IRC, hopefully racing can continue on and it does look like a serious weekend's racing. Yeah, and with the doubts about, you know, racing both sides of the water, maybe taking little circuit breakers, uh, Stephen Cass makes sense to have Envoy Allen running now, doesn't it? Get it in the, get it done. It was the plan all along to run here. He said uh, a long time ago that he'd, he'd, he'd run uh, in Punchestown in January. Uh, the word on the grapevine I'm hearing, even though he's getting nine pounds, a steering for Lange won't run here, and he's going to go to Leopardstown, which is interesting. Maybe they want to try him left-handed before Cheltenham. Um, yeah. Now, will he be wanting to change his mind? He'll see nine pounds, but he's he's the stupidest horse I've ever seen in my life. So, if, you know, he, he ran into the wing of that fence the last day at Limerick. Watch back oh, that. Totally. Re- he jumped I mean, into the wing. He's yeah. a complete moron. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't want to be running him against Envoy Allen. You could, you could sour him for good. Andy Dufresne won't run. Uh, Dermo, I wouldn't like to have you as a racing manager. You want to run Chat- Chatham Street. Lad to see what they have against Envoy Allen for, for 20 grand. He'll be 20 to one. Like he, he'd be three to one in the Dan Moore, uh, which is worth 45 grand to the winner. So uh, I'd say now Mick Winter. See, Dermo doesn't care about the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Dermo wants to the So yeah. I, I, I get where he's well, coming Dan Moore is a much more famous race than this as well, I'd say. So yeah, I, I, yeah so I and Violin will be running and it'll be boring and leave nothing to beat. So that's what <laughs> I reckon. Um, the, the, the In the Dan Moore, like if you watch back a wave of the seas run at Leopardstown, he kind of jumped right and jumped wide uh in the the jump before the bend and he was about 13th to 14th turning in finished fifth he'd have to go up to get into anything like the grand annual um and tukas i reckon is going to be a grand annual horse 
so he probably mightn't be at his best this Saturday. So wave of the sea would be interesting, but like the green and gold, God knows what they're doing. So I I I wouldn't be backing him sure. now. Um, the one really really interesting horse, like we mentioned, Master McShee, but I'm not going to wax lyrical about him. I thought it was a great story, but I thought he was very very green despite winning a handicap at Leprechaun at Christmas. That that Moscow Flyer, like that's the race that Duvan Min Vitor Mikhail Dagene Andy Dufresne yeah. won it last year. Always a yeah. good horse wins it. And the one I'm really, really interested in is Ganapati. So he ran in Cork the day appreciated one. Um, there was four hurdle races over two miles that day. He was 10 seconds faster than the Devil's Coachman. He was five seconds faster than Appreciate. And he was four seconds faster than the Handicap Hurdle on the same card. So Joe, Joe Donnelly could have yeah, another machine. Do you know how many horses Joe Donnelly has in training? I have a guess in Ireland. Yeah. How many? Yeah. Is it around 14 dozen? Something like that? Nine. Nine. Now he's no. after buying French Seal, so 10. And like the horses, that's only in Ireland now. He's got thirty. You're right. He's got thirteen in total when you take in Shishkin and the four with them. Yeah. But he's got the second favorite for the Cheltenham bumper, Melon album photo, Gayard de Manil. It's a big getaway, just nonstop, isn't it? It's unbelievable. But anyway, so this Ganapati, he's got he's Willie's number one for this race by the looks of it. Uh, Willie yeah. tends to run his best novice in this race. Now I'm not saying he's his best novice. Obviously, appreciated is so far, but. Ganapati is not being talked about in any sense for Cheltenham and the times he did at Cork he is definitely one to watch fair enough he's okay. going to two there now uh yeah, for yeah. Sunday but hopefully he'll run you know Willie could run power of pause instead yeah Master McShee is the current uh, market leader for that Moscow flying novices and uh as Stephen reeled off that role of honor um it's always a very good horse that picks up that contest on their way to, to better things okay look some fascinating stuff coming up on saturday and sunday uh, i always do have to pinpoint you both for you know your best bet of the weekend doesn't have to be one thing can be a couple of things uh, a couple of uh, races you want to go for uh Dermo, why don't you go first uh just with the conscious of how heavy the ground is and i think that he'll absolutely love it uh pat's fancy at 12 to 1 for the uh 225 at warwick on saturday yeah, in that Ballymore uh, grade two over two mile five, two twenty five. That's Pat's fancy at a double figure price. Uh, Stephen Cass. Uh, I've never had a winner in the what's my best bet at the weekend, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Ganapathy on Sunday at Punchestown. Hopefully we will get one. Okay, Ganapathy then. Yeah, in that Moscow Fly, the race we just talked about on Sunday, and uh, I'm gonna go with a horse that I napped on here a couple of times. It doesn't win, but uh, I just think three mile bad ground uh, is gonna be ideal for Fiddler on the Roof, and I think he's bumped into a couple of smart performances with Allah. And Caribbean boy, the last time's currently five to one. Uh, I'll have him to to get his head in front for Colin Tizard, and uh, we'll see. Actually, it'd be interesting to see who rides it. I think with with Puppy uh, back over the other side of the water, so that will be interesting. Okay, that's the uh, this week's podcast done. Uh, thank you for listening to the Race Hour, brought to you with our friends at Bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, my thanks to Dermot Nolan and Steve and Cass, and we'll chat to you next week. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.